All right, glad you're with us. I don't know if you can say happy Friday. Let's say good Friday to you. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, we've got the Project Veritas leaked video of at Jack. That's the CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, and his uh, discussions to ban Trump and then so much more. And it has implications. This whole cancel culture Silence, smear, slander, besmirch movement is getting more insane by the minute. Our friend Ami Horowitz will join us today. He did an incredible tape on the streets of New York. Yeah, so there are areas we can compromise. Yes, what about this issue? Hell no, hell no, hell no, you know, if it's a conservative issue. Um, we got climate change? No way. There is no compromise. There's no compromise. Harvard, the prestigious university, now wants to revoke Trump graduates diplomas. I mean, it's this, this is how nuts this is. Targeting the likes of Senator Ted Cruz and Kaylee McEnany and Representative Crenshaw. And remember, last year they tried to ban any Trump administration official from even speaking at Harvard. Now they're circulating a petition that wants to revoke degrees already granted and given and earned. To former students, I, I guess, you know, we'll retroactively cancel you. I mean, this is how nuts this is. Um, we're following the story. And just the news is ju- uh, just the news dot com's editor in chief, John Solomon, on this declassification issue. It's a big, big deal. Um, look, there there now is more evidence than ever before. Why you don't have a snap impeachment, a rush to judgment. I have spent a lot of time on this program chronicling example after example of how I personally and my team individually, personally, both both ways, radio and TV, uh, you know, and a lot of times we even have intramural skirmishes on stuff because we have information. We're ready to go with information. And for one reason or another, I'm not ready to go. And it's because we want to be that right. And we want to be that careful. It's not an accident. That the mob media and Democrats almost always rush to judgment and get things wrong and that we wait patiently. And there's been a lot of information that has been fed to me in the days since what happened on January the 6th, some of which that is now proving to be true. I have sources everywhere and. But yet we've not been able to go with it because we ha- we don't have enough corroboration and we don't go off half cocked and we confirm, you know, m- multiple ways, sources and information that we're getting. We just don't run with it. Did the same on the issues involving, you know, the questions of election integrity did the same thing. People angry at me. Well, you got to go with this tonight. I'm like, no, I don't until I independently corroborated or ended up serving me well again. But that's that's, you know, and and we focused on the things that we absolutely could point out. You know, it's you know, we have a snap impeachment. And now it's it's just, you know, it is it is so dangerous to the country and so unfair. And you can't even believe that this could happen. But it's happened. And, you know, where we stand is just, you know, for example, the president, what did he say? The president now has repeatedly said, he said on January 6th, many of you will peacefully and patriotically 
March to the Capitol to let your voices be heard. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. That's what it was, right? Now the Democrats are all calling for calm. And the president said, in light of reports of more demonstrations, he said since, I urge there be no violence, no law-breaking, no vandalism of any kind. Let me reiterate that point from my point of view. A lot of people, a lot of talk about people, you know, looking to, to protest. I'm all for peaceful protests. But if, if, you, if you go to one and you're peaceful and your intentions are only to be peaceful, which is the vast majority, even over the summer, it was the vast majority of people, not the agitators and the rioters and the looters and people throwing Molotov cocktails and bricks and frozen water bottles at cops and taking over city blocks and burning down police precincts and 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 taking over police precincts. That was not the vast majority of people. And if you're going to do it, do it peacefully. If you see lunatics are beginning to take over, go home. I mean, don't ever be a part of it. And for the people that got caught up in, in raiding the Capitol, like we saw, they're, they're all going to pay a price, as they should. And just so should the people over the summer. And it's an important thing. You know, what is this flash impeachment all about? What are we now looking at? Because as we now look at how quickly the Democrats race to impeachment, you know, they're not going to have it. There's no way time wise they can have a trial in the Senate. The earliest it could be brought up. And I confirm this myself with Mitch McConnell's office is 1 p.m. on January 20th. In other words, that's the earliest the earliest it can be transmitted is on January 19th. Donald Trump won't be a president, so they're talking about a post-impeachment trial, a, a, a post-presidency impeachment trial. You know, it, there's been a lot of people, including the great one Mark Levin, including uh, Alan Dershowitz, I believe Jonathan Turley, one former federal judge, long-serving. Once Trump leaves office, the Senate can't hold an impeachment trial. It would be unconstitutional. So what's what's the point of all this? What they go to go home and brag that, oh, we impeached Donald Trump twice, but it's a snap impeachment. Now, remember what the president said, because words have meaning peacefully, patriotically make your voices heard. But according to the Democrats, that's their new standard for inciting violence and insurrection. Their favorite new word, insurrection. Now, we've gone through, you know, I'm going to take Donald Trump out tonight. Maxine Waters, get in their faces. All of this. Ted Lieu. He, he supported widespread civil unrest against the, the president. You know, I love they got an impeachment manager in Eric Swalwell as if it wasn't bad enough. Uh, his uh, relationship, long term relationship with a Chinese spy, the lead impeachment manager appointed by Pelosi, objected to the 2017 electoral vote certification. This guy, Jamie Raskin. I'm like, oh, could it be it? Can we have any more irony uh, uh, as it relates to all of this? Their own standards comparing the president, you know, to Osama bin Laden. Uh, that's not incitement or let's see the threat by Chucky Schumer against Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, which we played over and over again, or the comments of Kamala Harris that we played over and over again. You know, under the Democrats own standards, as I've been saying, they all should be impeached on Wednesday, the second they're in office. And two weeks after, you know, violent rioters are storming. You know, the White House grounds, if you remember, and rioters burned a Minneapolis police station is when Kamala Harris was out there saying it's not going to stop, shouldn't stop, we won't stop. 
you know, okay, that's as literally all of this was unfolding and calm voices needed to be heard. Then she promotes a bail fund to get violent rioters out of jail. Now, if if that's the case, if those standards are applied to them, well, we know what would happen. But it's not going to work that way, is it? And I don't even support it. I'm saying if they applied their own standards to themselves, they would all be impeached. It's it's unbelievable hypocrisy and the hatred of and rage against this president. This psychosis never ends under any circumstances. They had a chance on the left to speak out against their radical base rioting, but they didn't want to alienate their base. They wanted their votes. So that's why the the silence was deafening, the excuse-making, breathtaking. The hypocrisy now, the stench goes to high heaven. You know, we have cities burning in and with anger and fury and rage. And, you know, remember Hillary Clinton said that Donald Trump was an illegitimate president. Nancy Pelosi said the 2016 elections were hijacked by Russia. All these, all of this. There was no outrage against the phony bought and paid for Russian disinformation dossier. Four separate investigations. Oh, yeah, not one of them. They all cleared Donald Trump. The only Russian interference was Hillary's dossier. And then used as a verified the main source for FISA applications to spy on candidate Trump and President Trump. They spied on him for a year. So and now we find out when there's new information that's going to be declassified and revealed, a big part of it is going to point to Christopher Steele being debriefed and saying that he actually told the FBI he was leaking because he needed to help Hillary overcome her email problem, which was real. That's how deep that conspiracy that's real goes. Or the the, the, the top source of Steele acknowledging to the FBI in January of 2017, <laughs> none of this is real, it was bar talk. And still they were filing FISA applications and lying to a FISA court. That's why it's premeditated fraud. You know, it's it's really these are scary times to me. And the we don't have equal justice. We don't have equal application of our laws. None of this is going to none of these standards will be applied to any Democrat ever. And think how crazy it is. It's you know, you got the first impeachment. What an anonymous hearsay whistleblower that's not even a whistleblower but we won't listen to people that sign affidavits as it relates to what they saw on election day under penalty of perjury won't even talk to them we don't want to hear from them they're not courageous and patriotic whistleblowers apparently and and this is now the country that we live in and this is what's happening and it's sad to me you know last night laura ingram throws to me and i go yeah my heart's troubled well it is now, ultimately, you know, as I believe in, in, I have faith, I believe in God, a father, a creator, and Jesus, his son, and reconciliation, and we know how the story ends, but I don't, you know, there's a lot of turmoil if you believe what happens just before the story ends. I don't know if I want to get to that part ever. It's just scary times. Up is down, down is up. And it's, it just wasn't remarkable, as I said the other day. And now we're discovering What? Now I got, let's see, the Washington Post in front of me. The outgoing Capitol Police chief was begging people before the 6th for the National Guard. And the numbers of people that were that turned them down were were unbelievable. 
I got, you know, all these reports, all these news services, quote, left wing activists charged in Capitol Hill riot said that he was just there to document. I followed that story. I didn't talk about it until now it's corroborated because now they've been able to find out that uh, he's the subject of a criminal complaint. And now we're finding out more more details about it. Heard egging uh, protesters on in a video that was provided to the FBI and shared on YouTube and Twitter of all places uh, about exactly what he's talking about. Burn it all down. Documenting the riots. You know, we got to get this sh- burned. It's our house M whatever. And according to the affidavit signed by the FBI. Well, that's a left winger. Well, hang on a second. And then we have the Washington Times talking about the timeline of all this. Again, we didn't rush to judgment. Initial court documents are showing at least two suspects arrived on or before January 6th, armed with explosives, tactical gear, and caches of weapons. This was a pre-planned attack, in other words. Not inspired by Donald Trump saying many of you will peacefully and patriotically let your voices be heard at the Capitol. Uh, you know, it's according to the Washington Post, the FBI, quote, knew beforehand of, of plans for a, quote, war at the Capitol. This poor police, Capitol Police chief that resigned, it was warning everybody. Six separate warnings before and, and day of help, help, please help. Justthenews.com, John Solomon will, will weigh in on this. You know, is this not a rush to judgment on their part? You know, even fake news CNN, oh, investigators are pursuing signs the U.S. Capitol riot was planned. That's their headline. The opposite of what they've been telling the American people and their support for a snap impeachment. I, I, you know, I just, it's frustrating, to say the least. Worrisome at a level I didn't think I'd worry about the country like in my life. But I, I can't sit here and lie to you and tell you how I really feel. I got a call from a friend of mine in Alabama today. And yeah, you know, trying to buck me up. I'm like, well, I I can't hide how I feel. I got to be honest with my audience. I'm honest. All right, as we roll along, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Did you ever think of like, um, did you ever think you'd live in a world like it is today? Did you ever think that now we rush to judgment, we have a snap impeachment, and you go back to the president's speech that day, okay, what did he say? Many of you will peacefully, patriotically go to the Capitol, let your voices be heard. That, okay, then the very people that want this impeachment, the the Chuck Schumas of the world in front of the Supreme Court building, we're coming for you, Gorsuch, and you're not going to know what hit you. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Pay the pray. You won't know what hit you. I won't play it, but, you know, one of the squad members, Presley on MSDNC, calling for unrest in the streets as long as there's unrest in our lives. Ocasio-Cortez called Americans to occupy airports, federal law enforcement offices across the country. She actually said that. Encouraging radical supporters. Breach Government buildings, Swalwell, so before his relationship with the Chinese spy was exposed, threatening gun owners with nuclear weapons on Twitter. Then we got Kamala Harris, 
and and her statements and then raising money a bail fund for rioters on on twitter and you know i mean i could go on and on here and i will on the other side of this break but i'm it's you know now you find out that this whole other plan was in place they rushed to judgment again they got it wrong again all right, glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN, our toll-free telephone number if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, so much going on here. It's crazy. You know, brand new reports, and I'm citing mainstream media sources now. WAPO, they are a whopper. And uh, fake news, CNN. I mean, it's pretty much all over the place. And, and then we now have law enforcement sources, on the record even. Um, so, you know, giving us a little more texture fake news, CNN even, that, you know, pursuing signs that all of this that happened at the Capitol was planned, that you have the chief of police um, in the Capitol who since resigned. I wish he didn't. I mean, it sounds like this guy was the only one that was there really fully comprehending and understanding that this is a serious situation. It's got to be dealt with. And the guy's name is uh, uh, Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund. And uh, and then, you know, now we have this this John Sullivan left wing activist charged in the Capitol and, and his tape is now out there and that all of this, you know, according to Washington Post, the FBI, FBI knew beforehand. And, and why didn't they why didn't they tell everybody why was why would the mayor, for example, be reluctant in any way to protect our capital? To me, this is this takes on a magnitude because the, the the potential for far worse. It was horrible, the optics of it and everything that happened and people being held accountable. But, you know, we have to remember we have a lot of enemies. We got radical extremists that are plotting and planning and scheming every day to hurt people and hurt this country and hurt our institutions. And the, you know, after 9-11, 2001, how could this happen has been a question I've been asking. And now we're finding out that we have people that were warning all over the place and we didn't listen to them. And now the Washington Times, as they reported that on or before January 6th, people armed with these explosives and tactical gear and caches of weapons, people were posting on social media sites um, all of this could happen. And, you know, how could we allow that to happen? And by the way, we can go back. If you want to look at past precedent on January 20th and 2017, uh, for example, BizPack Review had an article on the morning of January 20th, protests over Donald Trump's inauguration turned violent with when uh Anti-fascist protesters dressed in black smashed storefronts and bus stops and hammered out windows of a limousine and eventually launching rocks at police. Fake news CNN reported that at the time. They reported also the police were forced to respond to the throngs of rioters with flashbangs and other crowd control devices. I'll be honest, I don't really remember all this, but I went back. We checked the archives. We got it right. Six police officers reported injured, 230 people arrested last inauguration day. But in the end, how many of you think those 230 people that were arrested, what happened January 20th, 2017? 
Not a single rioter that was arrested was actually ever tried or convicted. The government dropped all charges against more than 214 people arrested that day, according to the AP. The motion to dismiss charges ends at, you know, ended an 18 month saga, according to the AP, when they followed up on this story that started with the Justice Department attempting to convict more than 190 people. That effort effort saw the government facing off against an intensely coordinated grassroots political opposition network that made Washington the focus of nationwide support campaign. We've got to protect our capital. We need a 9-11-like commission report here. I know they're starting something small, but I don't think it's anywhere near enough considering the magnitude and the danger to... Well, it is the people's house. This is our institution. They are our elected representatives. Doesn't Politics means nothing here. It doesn't matter if it's liberal, conservative, Republican, or Democrat. But we have a serious now rush to judgment. You know, justthenews.com, rush to judgment. Three crucial questions remain unanswered. Well, we're beginning to get, beginning to, get to the bottom of it. And a lot of it's not what... The, the the rush impeachment told us and i'm just looking at mainstream media sources here that's it thought they would maybe like being quoted and these reports are now revealing that this could have all been pre-planned by by leaders now hannity are you exonerating those people that raided the cut not at all we should have held the people in 2017 accountable we should have held everybody over the summer accountable and we should hold everyone here accountable. You got to be, you, you can't allow this to happen in this country. You just can't. But then it raises, then we got the double standard issue. Oh, we're just going to ignore what Kamala Harris and Chuck Schumer had to say, and members of the squad had to say, and Congresswoman Presley and, and uh, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez and You know, Nancy Pelosi, people are going to do what they're going to do. Really? You know, I I don't understand. Nobody in the media cares to report what Kamala Harris said in the context in which he said it. Because if that standard was applied, Democrats would impeach her on Wednesday when she when she takes office. They're not going to do that. Hannity, you're a lunatic for saying that. How dare you demand equal justice? Never mind what she did with accusing Kavanaugh and the horror that was unfolding then when she didn't think she'd be the president, or I guess she was running at the time. I don't remember the actual time frame. And getting to the bottom of it all. Now the question for the Senate is, okay, now that we're getting to the bottom of it, why would you hold a sham trial, post-presidency trial, that many many uh, constitutional scholars are telling us would be unconstitutional to begin with? Now why would you ever be a part of it? And that's a question Mitch McConnell should have to answer and answer fairly soon, in my opinion. As you know, th- this this scary times. I'm just telling you, so many different fronts. Uh, Vice President Pence made an unscheduled trip to see the, the National Guard. I'm glad to see that stationed at the Capitol right now. I'm glad that they're there. Thank them for the service. You got this left wing known agitator charged for the role in this Capitol breach. Dozens on the FBI's terrorist watch list were in D.C. the day of this Capitol riot that was in the Hill. We got one. Kill him with his own gun. That's how scary things got. 
One D.C. policeman sharing his harrowing near-death encounter that day. That was on Mediaite. FBI tracking concerning online buzz now related to Inauguration Day. I, I assume that we now have our act together here. And just this this broad belief that, you know, are you or have you, have you ever been a supporter of Donald Trump? It's becoming. Because now Harvard wants to revoke Trump graduates' diplomas. I mean, wow. These are chilling times. You know, intelligence security panels to probe lapses before the U.S. Capitol rampage. They really want to get to the truth of it all? Because we never got to the bottom of the, 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 the real issue. Now, we're getting information, and this is another big story today. The president has ordered that all of these documents related to Russia, Russia, be declassified and released. Now, I'm told it's over. A, we'll have John Solomon on later to talk about. This is more than a foot-high stack of documents that he's ordered released by the Justice Department. These, these you got to know, are things that the FBI has been trying to keep from public view for years. We've been digging. I've been. I've gotten second-hand, third-hand reports on what we think is in them. I think the most damning that we'll find is Christopher Steele's debriefings with the FBI, and we already had other documents that corroborate this, again, released after the fact, you know, where, in fact, he was telling the FBI that he actually leaked all of this dossier because he needed to help Hillary Clinton cover up for her email problem. You know, subpoenaed emails, deleted, bleach pit, all of that. It was a big deal. Would it be for any of us, any of you? I promise you, if, if your emails are subpoenaed, you better not delete them. I don't even have email anymore on purpose. Russia collusion narrative invented now, we find out by Hillary. And the dirty dossier that was unverifiable and now debunked, used to spy on a presidential candidate and a president for a full year. And, of course, impact the lives of Carter Page, caught up in the middle of this. Poor, poor Papadopoulos. You know, we were told that no spying occurred. And, and Carter Page, Stefan Halper, according to sources telling me and that these documents might show that the FBI spying on the Trump campaign was real. We were told by the highest ranking members of the FBI that never happened. You know, this is a, an institution I personally revered my whole life. The two people in my family that were in the FBI, as I said, they were a deity in my family. You know, you, you, when you take all of this in, you, you add to this a lot of other things. You add, the, there's no curiosity of the media. They care about, and the Democrats, they care about Russian collusion, but they don't care about the dirty, unverifiable dossier, premeditated fraud on a FISA court. How do you believe that they really cared at all? They don't. It was just because they were advancing a political agenda. And then you can add other nuance to it and other big issues that, you know, they have this double standard. They're not calling out Democratic rhetoric in terms of how irresponsible it is. They're not even playing exactly what they say caused their favorite new word, insurrection, caused by Donald Trump that led to his impeachment. Why aren't they playing the tape? Just tell us what you heard there that, that you think calls for insurrection. And but then you play, I think we're the only ones like usual playing the, the rhetoric of the left and the leadership of the Democratic Party. And then ignoring the real quid pro quo with Joe, 
in the middle of this whole, well, the president was was pressuring the president of Ukraine. It was only one fact witness they ever brought in. Only one. Based on a anonymous hearsay whistleblower, not even somebody that had firsthand knowledge. He had plenty of opinion witnesses, plenty of hearsay witnesses, no fact witnesses. The one fact witness, you know, exonerated the president. No, he didn't ask for a quid pro quo. Well, Joe's on tape bragging he leveraged the billion dollars. Everybody in the media ignored it. Any vetting of Joe Biden take place in the lead up to this election? Nope, not really. Was there any vetting of Barack Obama? Nope, not really. How many of us really dug deep and exposed and were proven right on the on the whole Russia mess? Took years of our time. Oh, Hannity, you're repetitive. No, we were unfolding, we were unpeeling layers in an onion, one little layer at a time. This small little group of us with incredible support staff like on my radio and TV shows. Everyone busting their, their ass. The media never touched it. They just went with the phony narrative. They went with the phony Russia story that's now been debunked. They went with the phony quid pro quo story. They've ignored everything about, well, they care about Russian interference. We don't care about a Russian oligarch, former first lady of Moscow and wire transfers to zero experience Hunter. Hunter on Good Morning America, any experience in oil? No. Gas? No. Energy? No. Ukraine? No. Why do you think you're being paid millions? I don't know. Maybe because your father was the vice president. Probably that's it. Yeah, that's probable. You're not getting a billion dollars. I I don't know what else to tell you. I just didn't think it could happen. You know, we used to send election observers. Who's going to fix our broken election system? Things that we now know. We didn't have partisan observers. Take that one issue. That's proven. Partisan observers couldn't observe. I think we got to fix it. Florida fixed their election problems to their credit. Governor DeSantis did that. We can fix things with the United States of America. If we want to. You know, I guess there are people that want to keep going. Let's 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 not look at what we now are finding out and discovering about the lead up to what can never happen again. And by the way, if you're ever, you know, peacefully protesting part of it and things start going awry, get out. Don't be a part of this. You know, we believe in law enforcement. I love the 99% of FBI guys and the 99% of law enforcement. I agreed with those that were outraged and were peacefully protesting about George Floyd. Not the rioters and the arsonists and the looters and those taking over and burning down police stations. Or the people that raided the Capitol. We love law. We support law enforcement. The 99%. Americans are good and honorable and decent people. We got to now make sure something like this can never happen again. You're not going to, if it becomes political, you're never going to get to the truth. That's the problem. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800 941. Sean is our number. You want to be a part of the extravaganza. Um, Well, our friends at Project Veritas, they have now struck again. And this time they've got at Jack, Twitter's CEO, Jack Dorsey. Linda used to be friends with this guy. He's a side note here. I don't know. Or, and he even came on our show once. And we ought to pull that interview out because I think some of the things he might have told us back then are not exactly part of the policies that now exist. And he's just on tape. 
and and admitting well, we're focused on one account at real Donald Trump right now. But this this is going to be much bigger than just one account. It's going to be it's going to go on for much longer than just this day, this week, the next few weeks and go way beyond the inauguration. So the focus is certainly on this account at real Donald Trump and how it ties into the real world. But it's also we need to think about much longer term around how these dynamics will play out over time. And he goes into great specificity and detail. Uh, now, if you remember when when all of this happens, what, what did the, it's sort of like the snap impeachment. What did the president say? Many of you are going to peacefully and patriotically uh, march to the Capitol and make your voices heard. Now we're learning all this new stuff about, oh, a lot of this turns out to be pre pre-planned. Now this is a function of what Joe Biden wants to say to his own radical Democratic Party that's planning on a post-presidency impeachment, but more importantly about Mitch McConnell and Republicans in the United States Senate. Uh, don't you think we need something the equivalent of a 9-11 commission report delving deep into this and getting what, what happened, who planned this, what level of planning, now that we know that there's been some coordination, now that we know multiple attempts at at getting the, the, the National Guard in place were ignored. I mean, you know, and the other thing about, you know, if you go to what Twitter claimed the specific tweets were at the time, well, they, they cited two when they banned the president for life. They cited the 75 million great American patriots who voted for me, America first, and make America great again, will have a giant voice long into the future. They will not be disrespected or treated unfairly in any way, shape or form. The other tweet said to all of those who have asked, I will not be going to the inauguration on January the 20th. And Twitter claimed those two tweets glorified violence and therefore broke its policies. Then the permanent life ban. And remember, they enjoy that Section 230 st uh, status, the liability shield, legal liability shield that they have. And then on top of that, Okay, people say I'll go to another platform. I'll go to something like Parler. Uh, Dan Bongino's a great group of people, and they are great. Now I don't. And and by the way, you can criticize uh, anybody on Parler, even the owners of Parler. Um, and just like Twitter beats the crap out of me, I would never think of silencing them. But anyway, then you get all the other giants to join on board. In other words, now in comes Apple, and in comes Amazon, and in comes other big tech, the same ones that that wouldn't even allow the New York Post to publish an article on Hunter Biden's laptop, suppressing news and information valuable to we, the American people, before an election. Well, now they're now they're helping to put Parler out of business. They're attempting to. I don't think they're going to be successful in the end, but they're attempting to. Anyway, let's play this uh, Project Veritas undercover video. We do intend to do a full retro, as I said in my note. It is going to take some time. Um, and then the, the other thing, just to just to close out a little bit we you know we we are focused on one account right now but this is going to be much bigger than just one account and it's going to go on for much longer than just this day this week the next few weeks it's going to go on beyond the inauguration we have to expect that we have to be ready for that so the focus is certainly on this account and uh, how it ties to real world violence but also we need to think much longer term around how these dynamics play out over time. Um, I don't believe this is going away anytime soon. And the moves that we're making today uh, around uh, QAnon, for instance, is one such example of a much broader approach 
So um, the team has a lot of work and a lot of focus on this particular issue. Uh, we also need to give them the space and the support to focus on the, the much bigger picture um, because it is, it is not going away. Um, you know, the, the U.S. is extremely divided. Um, our platform is uh, showing that uh, every single day. And our role is to protect the integrity of that conversation uh, and do what we can to make sure that no one is being harmed uh, based off that. And, and that is the focus and um, that is the, the color we want to provide. All right, joining us now is the founder and CEO of Project Veritas. Um, uh, James O'Keefe is back with us. James, another great job. Um, Twitter is now claiming we got a statement for them for Hannity last night. As you know, you were on the show with us and basically said, no, 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 this is this is almost the exact same thing that we we that Jack said before. Um, not exactly true. Your let's get your take on number one, how this all happened and what they said. Thanks, Sean, and uh, thanks for having having Project Artas on last night. Sean, this was a whistleblower inside of Twitter. As I said to you last night, they're having a crisis of conscience, these tech employees. They are frustrated and upset by what's happening, and they're coming to us in droves to our encrypted email address. Uh, uh, that's Veritas Tips at ProtonMail.com. We've had numerous tech insiders come to us. This one was a Twitter employee who recorded the CEO, Jack Dorsey, uh, during a, some type of staff meeting, a video recorded Dorsey, who's remote. Uh, and Dorsey explicitly says that he's going to be much bigger than Trump. It's The spokesman is wrong. It's not the same statement Dorsey has made on Twitter. You can see Dorsey saying it. He's saying they're going to go retroactively go through here and, and ban folks that are more the moderate sort of right-leaning people. It's not just QAnon. It's not just what they would determine our extremes. And all of you listening have seen your Twitter followers go down by maybe 10%, 15% of your following. Our, I had 1.1 million followers, went down to 900,000. So I think you're going to see uh, more of this censorship. It's going to be much bigger. And um, I think, Sean, the fact that Twitter did respond means that we are inside their heads and they're very concerned about more of these tapes being published. Are there more tapes? Because I kind of know my I've, I've kind of known you now for years, James O'Keefe. That's kind of your M.O. I've got you figured out a little bit, not completely, but a little bit. You probably have me figured out more than other people, Sean. Uh, yes, that's our modus operandi is to release it a bit at a time. We do have more tapes. We have, you know, vice presidents, upper echelon on tape being more specific as to how they're going to do these bans. And, uh, you know, people say, well, this is a private company. They can do what they want. Well, that's true. They are a private company, but I've made the argument that they're more powerful than the government. They're more powerful than all three branches of the government because that's how the government gets its messaging out is through these platforms. But, but there's but a bigger a problem because now they're, they're allies in the tech world that you're right are extraordinarily powerful. And, and I think Devin Nunes is right in talking about antitrust issues that will eventually emerge, but probably the Democrats don't want them to change at all because it's working in their propaganda favor um, and just typical. Uh, but they all came now not only to support Twitter, they, they all crushed the, the competition that was rising against them, which was the number one app in the days prior to Apple and, and Amazon, all these other big tech companies forcing Parler off uh, offline. Yeah, you know, and now they're talking about banning Telegram. 
um, which is another app that that is very helpful for communicating. Uh, but you know, listen, I think I think that uh, Dorsey he says it in his own words. Quote: The U.S. This is recorded by our whistleblower. The U.S. is extremely divided. Our platform is showing that um, we need a, a longer term about how these dynamics play. This is not going away anytime soon. This day, this week, the next few weeks, it's going to go well beyond the inauguration, unquote. So what the CEO is saying, video recorded by this whistleblower sent to us, is that it's not just about Trump, and it's not just about what they would perceive to be radical or extreme far right. This is about any type of speech that 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 is different than the orthodoxy. They're trying to shrink or minimize the Overton window, the range of acceptable things in our discourse, and and they're basically saying it, and you know, on this call, and and they're ashamed that we, Sean, that we have caught them saying it. They're 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 upset about it. That's why the vice president of Twitter is responding. So we, I think, what's going to happen is there's going to be a mass exodus of tech engineers frustrated with what's going on, following their conscience, giving up their livelihood. I think that's the only thing that will change these things. We have to shock the people and hold them hold their feet to the fire by exposing what they're saying and doing inside Twitter and, and Facebook and Google. Now the last time we checked the Ayatollah, one of the mullahs in Iran was out there his their Twitter accounts up and you have communist Chinese with propaganda tweets up there. I mean are they still up uh you know tweeting threats at Israel because I didn't notice that. And by the way, I could go through Twitter on any given day and see the most horrific things said about me. I've never once thought in my life that I'd want Twitter to take them down or silence any Democrat that hates my guts and and even makes false uh, libelous slander against me. I just it's never crossed my mind, James. I just I'm like, actually, some of the attacks are funny. You know, it's you've been way ahead of the curve. And I've always said and I haven't said it a lot recently, but I used to say it a lot. You know, we've just got to become the media. We, you know, Parler now needs to build their own infrastructure so they don't need Apple or Amazon or any, anybody else. And, and the same holds true for you and, and getting your information out. It's, um, I mean, these are, these are you know, uncharted waters, but I, I've got to believe that some of these big tech people, like some of the people that go to the, your whatever proton mail thing, the tip line you have, um, that sends you this information, I've got to believe that that there are smart tech people that will help navigate the reliance on these big tech companies uh, and take it away. We can create our own infrastructures and bypass the whole thing. It's very hard to create that infrastructure. It's uh, you know billions of dollars and it, being a competitor. But I also think, Sean, in addition to building the new infrastructure, we simply have to hold them their feet to the fire. The only thing that Dorsey fears is exposure. And they talk in code. I mean, the guy is kind of a strange man. He's meditating in some log cabin right now in the middle of nowhere. These are strange people with strange cultures. But if we can get them on tape admitting what they're doing and why they're doing it, that's the only thing that I think is going to really hold them accountable. I really believe exposure in and of itself is an end in and of itself, especially in these times. So Veritas tips at protonmail.com. That's how the insider came to us, and we're hopefully going to get these guys on the record very soon. They have skin in the game. They're giving up their livelihood. This is what we need to do in this country. We need an army 
of citizen exposures to awaken the people. Courage can be contagious, Sean, if we just build that. And we're doing it, and uh, we'll have the next tape up on Monday. And I know that you've you've already said that you would like, you would like to talk to us about that. We, we thank you for that, getting this message out there. You know how much heat I take year. just for letting you talk. I mean, I, it's unbelievable. You know, it really is to me. I it's and and okay, you have the tapes. You put the raw footage usually up on your website if people want to look at it, and you let you bring people into the process. Every time you've been sued, you won. I mean, it's yeah. just unbelievable. I mean, it's like I'm a conservative. We've always been gotten this bad rap. We're not for free speech. I'm just the opposite. My whole career, I'm like, if you don't like Howard Stern, don't tune into Howard Stern. If you don't like Don Imus, don't tune into him. If you don't like talk radio, don't listen. If you don't like Hannity on Fox, don't watch. By the way, I can only control my hour for people that ask me all the time. I can't. Uh, that, that's I got one hour. I mean, I'm not the programmer. Um, anyway, and I use, I, I do my shows independently as I always have. And, you know, we've been under fire, James. So they've been trying to cancel me for years, long before cancel culture was ever even a, a phrase. Well, they've failed. And sometimes it's not because the information we present is false, but because it is true. And the more true it gets, the worse it gets for the, for these powers that be. It's because we are telling the truth. There's nothing bombastic or controversial about what it is that I say or you say or we show. It's literally a tape of the CEO of Twitter talking. It's newsworthy. But because they're powerful, nobody has the cojones to do it. So someone's got to do it. And uh, I, I, everyone asks, what can I do? What can I do? They don't know what to do. And this is a way for them to get involved. The, the, these, these tech people, I'm telling you, a lot of them are coming forward. We have this vice president of Twitter on, on camera, and we're going to be releasing it Monday. We have to produce it and, and do some things and ask for comment, but we're going to be releasing that. And I think that it'll create an army of, of, of exposure, Sean. All right, James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, founder, CEO. Uh, thanks again for sharing the uh, information, and I urge people to go watch it themselves on their website. We'll link it to Hannity.com. You decide, um, and you make up your own mind. Uh, but I think it's very revealing, and I think this this effort of cancel culture, uh, wokeness, uh, it just is stifling out there. You know, it's it's getting bad. And it and it, as I always predicted, it will always they're going to want to silence conservatives more than anybody. I've always said that. And it's real. All right. Twenty five till the top of the hour. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. So this is very, very big news. And it's something oh, if I could only have a dollar for every time I would say, why don't we declassify? and have an Office of Government Transparency and release to the public all of these documents as it relates to Spygate. And they've been unwilling to do so. Why? I, I can't really give you an answer. I don't know. People never listen to me. A lot of people never listen to me. And it's it gets a little frustrating on a lot of different levels. Anyway, remember, this was, this was Spygate, the Obama administration's corrupt scheme to use the FISA courts and Hillary Clinton's dirty Russian misinformation dossier uh, to, to, to acquire, never verified, to lie to a FISA court repeatedly to spy on the Trump campaign, Trump transition team, and Donald Trump, the president. I mean, that's how bad it is. Now, finally, in the final hours of the Trump presidency, we are now told and we've confirmed that hundreds of documents have, in fact, 
now been made available or being made available that pertain to the greatest abuse of power, corruption, scandal in American history. We're talking about depositions and transcripts and interviews and other evidence, key materials related to the Obama administration's effort to spy on President Trump and then candidate Trump, the Trump White House, the Trump presidency, the whole bit. As a matter of fact, I actually had uh, the president. This goes back to 2019 on this program. And he said he gave Bill Barr at the time, the AG, the authority to do whatever he wanted with the classified documents. Now, I believe that that Durham, the, the special counsel now, has the has all of this. And then it just makes me even angrier. Well, why is it taking four years at plus to find out what happened in the previous election? We should have known before we voted in this election. Anyway, here's the president. Mr. President, you have the power to literally release the FISA applications and the 302s and the Gang of Eight information. And you made a decision to hand it over to the attorney general and let him decide. And I'm curious as to why. Well, we have a, re- a very respected gentleman, a very high quality person named William Barr. And he's doing He's I can tell you he's working so hard. And rather than just doing a total release, I gave I gave him a total release. In other words, he's got everything, anything he needs, he's got. He's the attorney general of the United States. He's got a lot of uh, very good people under him that I guess are involved. And I gave them a total release. So all of it's been released and he has all of it. I've also given him authorization to release it to whoever he wants. Now, we were told that these documents were released at 2.30 today, not at least some of them. But then I'm hearing from other people that maybe there's still some holdbacks. Anyway, well, he's been fighting harder even than I have been in in getting these documents now for years. It's John Solomon. He's the editor-in-chief of JustTheNews.com and author of the book Fallout. Um And, you know, we've been wanting, waiting, even knowing what's in some of these documents, unable to talk about them until they come out, John. But there's things that you and I both know exist that would really blow this wide open, but we can't get access to it. Why? Yeah, it's the uh, the extraordinary power of the bureaucracy in each of these agencies. Every agency claims to have the antiquities, the rights to make their decision to review these, to make sure there aren't any national security secrets that would harm a life or harm our national security. And of course, at the last minute, as the president has already authorized the release of these documents, all the bureaucracies worried about what we're going to learn about their agencies has taken one last run at trying to redact, slow down, stop, review the information in there. There's nothing. But wait, if the president of the United States says to release it, they ha- don't they have to release it? You would sure think that that would be the case. But we've seen time and again that uh, these, these agencies have an ecosystem of their own. They can thwart, slow, obfuscate for as long as you want. I have a high degree of confidence that the, we're just a few hours or maybe 48 hours or less away from this. I think I said on your show last night, some between, somewhere between Friday and Monday, these documents will become available. I still feel confident it will happen. But I have a good sense already what's in there. And, and there are some big stories that we can prepare ourselves for. We can look at the documents. But the big, uh, the big new reveals are, are pretty clear to me from the reporting I've done. All right, let's go through it, because we're talking about a, a stack, I'm told, at least a foot high, uh, yeah. released by the Justice Department, ordered released by the Justice Department. 
Uh, they've had a lot of this for years. I mean, it's when Rick Grinnell was acting director of national intelligence, Rick Grinnell, you know, released a lot. Then then Ratcliffe after him. But these are documents that would corroborate a lot of your reporting and a lot of what we said on the show. Yeah, and they have things that I'm totally shocked by as I've done reporting. Let's take for one that's just a real shocker to me, and I'm 100% certain it's true. It's going to be in these documents. The um, the uh, Christopher Steele, when he meets with the FBI a year after he's been fired, remember he's fired November 16 for leaking to the media. A year later, he comes back because the FBI is now dubious of his entire dossier. And he says... You, guess where I got my uh, primary subsource from? And they said, "Well," and he said, "From Fiona Hill." If you don't remember who Fiona Hill is, she was one of the star impeachment witnesses against Donald Trump in late 2019. She was a National Security Council expert on Russia, very well respected as a Russia expert. But it turns out she is the person, according to Steele, that introduced him to the subsource who gave him all that malarkey, all that bad dope that was in his dossier that turned out to be Russian disinformation or just completely uncorroborated garbage. So a respected NSC staffer who becomes a witness against the president is involved in the earlier Russia collusion narrative building. Remarkable revelation. And, and I, even I, after all the reporting I've done, that one caught me completely off guard. I think the big story the story that everyone will remember from these documents, and it is the final story of Russia collusion. Why did it happen? Because Hillary Clinton and their team, including Christopher Steele, wanted to change the topic away from problems with their email server to a false story that would vilify Donald Trump on Russia. That is the headline that will come and out. And Christopher of Steele debriefed with the FBI. And yes. remember, he was fired for leaking. Told right. the FBI why he was leaking, and this will be corroborated, we expect, by these documents. That's because right. he wanted to help Hillary cover up her email problem. But remember, when they went to the subsource in January of 2017, yeah. the subsource said, N -n none of this is true. This is bar talk. This was never meant true. for for this, what, what they've used it for. It's all None of it's corroborated. Or And at that point, they still were signing FISA warrants. And didn't Comey and McCabe and all these people have to know at that point? Those well, people putting their listen, signatures on these? Go uh, back earlier. July of 2016, the CIA director walks into the president of the United States, President Barack Obama. Who would have thunk it? That's Brennan. Yeah, John Brennan, the CIA director, goes in and says, we have intelligence indicating Hillary Clinton has concocted this Russia story to uh, possibly uh, deflect from concerns in her email. That's an intelligence intercept that we don't know the exact nature of it, but it's pretty clear what the president was told. It's then sent to the FBI, which means Pete Strzok and his team gets it. They knew it even before Christopher Steele confirms it a year later, and still they proceeded with one of the, the most bizarre investigations in American history, a counterintelligence threat that never existed. Remember the FBI agent who came out in September of this past year and said, there never was any evidence of collusion. It was all about, quote, get Trump. An amazing, amazing story that our intelligence and law enforcement uh, agencies were used for a long-term political dirty trick against Donald Trump. I mean, it's almost something that you wouldn't believe in a spy novel, John. I mean, when you think about right. it, you know, and, and look at, for example, we expect about Stefan Halper, you know, the guy that recorded Pop, poor Papadopoulos, poor Carter right. Page and all of this. Um, in in his tasking orders, and that he was told by the FBI to spy on the Trump campaign, and in fact he was given a cover. Try and pretend you want to get hired by the Trump campaign. Isn't that the opposite of what we were told under sworn testimony before Congress? The very thing, by the way, they went after Roger Stone for with twenty nine 
tactical guys and frogmen and pre-dawn raids and CNN cameras. You know, wasn't it about lying to Congress? Uh, Is this not proof positive that people lied to Congress? Well, well, think about even as recently as December 2019, uh, we had uh, James Comey on Fox News with Chris Wallace, and he tried to to tell Chris Wallace it never was spying. Spying is the wrong word. There was no spying when people see the tasking document that is going to be made available, where they sit down with Stefan Halper in August of 2016 and say, here's what you're going to do. And they're, Trump campaign, Trump campaign, Trump campaign, over and over again, it shows up in the document. And most importantly, they're telling him, use the false premise that you're trying to get a job there. Don't take the job, but use it to get people to talk to you and find out for this from this person. Record that person. Do this. That's called spying. When you use a false premise to get information from other people, it's the definition of spying. Nothing wrong by Stephen Alper. That's what spies are paid to do. But the idea that James Comey and the Democrats in Congress cannot still acknowledge the word spying tells you just how deeply flawed this fantasy is. It was called Russia. John, we live in a world where they don't care. We had a snap impeachment this past week. They don't care. They don't care about emerging details that it looks like. And there's evidence emerging all over the place that this was all pre-planned. Well, yeah. that would negate uh, and the president's own words that you will march peacefully and patriotically to the Capitol to let your voices be heard. And by the way, that does not d- diminish culpability of, of, of some people, the small percentage of people that that joined in the storming of the Capitol. They've got to be held accountable, too. But, you know, who were the people that organized, prepared, and planned it? Apparently that all happened. That's the most important thing. I I think you and I have talked about this, Sean. I think the Capitol siege story will go the route of Russia collusion. It's going to start in one point, and then when we get all the facts, we peel that onion back, as you like to say. It's going to be a very different story. It's already a very different story one weekend, and that's what makes the tragedy of the impeachment. Doing impeachment without witnesses, without facts, a drive-by impeachment, as I've called it, is not what the Founding Fathers intended. And we're going to find out that the, the facts were not in evidence to, to, to give members uh, an honest chance to make a decision of whether they should impeach the president. That's a real shame for our Constitution. All right. So we expect, and, and do you see any efforts now emerging to defy the president's release demand? Oh, yes, absolutely. To the last minute, when they're in the public's hands, there will be that effort, because these agencies have so much institutional uh, embarrassment to endure if these documents are put out. There, there's not any, I, not that well, I Why don't they want to restore sure. faith and confidence in institutions? I, you know, there are good people who's, who gets, yeah. you know, it's, it's sort of like if 1% of cops go bad, then the, you know, other cops get blamed. It's not fair. It's not just. Same with the FBI guy. Same with the intelligence community. You know, My isn't first. the best thing they could do is clean house and make sure it never happens again. It's not that hard. When I first came to Washington, I met this Wiley senator who retired just before I got here. And because I was from Wisconsin, I went to see him. His name is Bill Proxmire, liberal senator from Wisconsin, well-liked. Uh, and he said to me, you're going to attribute a lot of things as a reporter to big scandals and gigantic ideas. And you're going to think there's conspiracies going on. Most times, the self-preservation of the bureaucrat is the primary reason why nothing gets done in Washington. And 30 years later, I hear his words still to me in my head, and I think, what a wise man. He understood bureaucracies live to self-preserve themselves, and they'll do anything to keep from being embarrassed. And, uh, you know, that's the epic fight. But I think Donald Trump wins this. He's going to deliver on his promise. 
Mark Meadows and the team that are working on this, they're going to get it out there, and the American people are going to have a pretty remarkable accounting of just how badly the FBI, the Justice Department, let this country down. Quick break. More with JustTheNews.com's John Solomon on the other side and Jason Chaffetz. He has more on this story as well. All right, as we continue, John Solomon, he is the editor-in-chief of JustTheNews.com. You at JustTheNews.com have also been following uh, parallel stories about this emerging planning of what happened at the Capitol as, you know, people, you know, swarmed in there illegally and, and everything we watched in horror unfold, which should never happen. We need, I think we need a, a the equivalent of a 9-11 commission report on it, but you're seeing... What do we know about those that might have planned all of this? Well, there's good news today. There is a, a Speaker Pelosi today named a, a, a very respected general, General Honore, to begin an independent investigation. And there is talk of a larger commission to follow that. And I think your idea, uh, Sean, is going to catch fire. But uh, while that's going on, that's going to take weeks. There is pretty clear evidence from the Washington field office of the FBI. They've been very good about giving reporters updates. And it is pretty clear they have a growing belief that this was planned in advance, four, five, ten, twenty days in advance, that people were talking about killing officers on chat boards a couple days before, and it prompted a flurry of security concerns that unfortunately didn't come to the right resolution. There was a lot of recommendations from the president's own defense department, from uh, Secretary Miller, that we should bring 10,000 National Guard over. The president was encouraging it privately behind the scenes, and some for some reason that we don't know the answer, the House Sergeant-at-Arms said, no, bad optics, don't want to do it, even though the police chief wanted Unbelievable. to do it. Unbelievable. The guy, the yeah, guy we need to find begging. out. What did Nancy Pelosi tell him? What, was there right, we need to know. We do. Right. Why, why did they say no? Why did the mayor say no? This guy was begging for the National Guard before any of this. And, yep. and all the evidence that, that there were a lot of warnings that this was going to happen, that there were people organizing. 100%. And it doesn't, it, it, it's not exculpatory to those that, you know, in the moment involved themselves in raiding the Capitol. You can't do it. All right. Thanks, John Solomon, justthenews.com. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. All right. News roundup, information overload hour, Sean Hannity show. We'll get to your calls and our, our friend Ami Horowitz, documentarian extraordinaire, will join us at the bottom of the hour. Then we'll get to your calls. Uh, remember Rom Rombo Deadfish Emmanuel? Remember never let a crisis go to waste? You never want a serious crisis to go to waste. And what I mean by that, it's an opportunity to do things that you think you could not do before. Well, our good friend and colleague at the Fox News Channel, uh, former Congressman Jason Chaffetz, actually has a brand new book out. It's called They Never Let a Crisis Go to Waste. The truth about disaster liberalism and he discusses a, a lot of everything that we've talked about and uh, joins us now. Uh, by the way, I was honored that you gave me an early copy of the book and I got to breeze through it and give you a blurb for the book. Um, and uh, it's, I guess it comes out in April, which we're excited about. Well, thanks, John. No, I, I do appreciate it. I, I think if people get this book, it will not only be illuminating to how Democrats and liberals do this, but how they abuse the system. And it's not just big items. It's not just COVID. It's not just you know, uh, other things like that, they use just about everything that they can, whether it's fiction or truth. And it's often not a solution to the crisis at hand, but they use it to leverage and do other things that they would never, ever be able to do any other way because they would never get through the normal course of business. And 
the book is just chock full of these examples time and time again how Democrats abuse the system. It's the truth of how disaster liberalism works. You know, it's so scary. And, you know, now the president, you've been involved deeply in this whole Russiagate affair. And and you actually know the inspector general, Michael Horowitz. Michael Horowitz made referrals in his report. Was, you know, I cannot believe we've not resolved these issues at this late date. Now the president is has given an open release to all the documents involved in this. And my sources tell me that there is mysterious reluctance and resistance to follow the president's edict, his, his legal order that he's put out there. Now, I, I for the life of me, I can't understand why it's been so hard. You can easily remove sources and methods from any document. Doesn't take that long, Jason. And let the public see for their own eyes. We've gone over in great detail what John Solomon has. But, you know, here we are over four years later and we never get to the bottom of it. But the only people that did get in trouble, you know, we did have in spite of Horowitz's referrals of deep state operatives. uh, Nothing happens to them. But, you know, Roger Stone, who, quote, lied to Congress, got 29 guys in tactical gear and and frogmen in a uh, pre-dawn raid of his house uh, with CNN cameras rolling away. Yeah, not Roger Stone, others. uh, What happened to General Flynn was an absolute travesty in this country for somebody who had served our nation so honorably for so long. I mean, that's just fundamentally wrong. And you're right. Inspector General Horowitz had had uh, put out more than a thousand pages, made more than a dozen referrals, and only one person had any kind of slap on the hand. And it's one of the most discouraging things because I don't think the Department of Justice is administering justice. I think that Lady Justice with that blindfold, you know, kind of peeks and makes sure that, hey, if there's a Democrat or a Clinton or a Biden involved, you know, we're just going to be hands off and move along. It's just, it, I, it, it's beyond frustrating because you and I have been talking about this for years. Everybody sees it. And then the president says, well, let's allow America to see it. And yet those documents continue to be thwarted by the deep state. It's just disgusting. Let's talk about you go in, in great detail about how coronavirus has been a disaster for the country. Well, that's obvious. I mean, we lost a lot of fellow Americans with this thing. Um, it, it's, I don't think we've ever been told the truth. I mean, the, the president building hospitals and building PPE, we never ran out of ventilators and masks and, and gowns and gloves and shields and, and all of, all of the things associated with it. They got it done. And now warp speed gets us a vaccine and millions of them now going into people's arms every day. And, you know, it's like you, you listen to the mob, the media, the Democrats, you would think Donald Trump is responsible for the worst pandemic since 1917 and 18. That's not true. And a lot of scientists, I don't even critique them. I know they were doing their best. Nobody meant any harm, but there was so much confusion, false information given out, uh, predictions that were wildly off. And, you know, you make decisions based on what you you think, you know, not what you absolutely know. And and even politicizing um, treatments, uh, and and therapeutics for the for for coronavirus. I mean, you know, don't listen to the doctors if Donald Trump says a good word about it. Yeah, I mean, Donald Trump will never get enough credit for what he did. One of the best things about his presidency was Operation Warp Speed. He recognized back in late in January 
that government wasn't going to come up with these solutions, that private entities were going to do it. But as I point out in that book, they never let a crisis go to waste, the truth about disaster liberalism. You had entities all across the country use that crisis to leverage and do things that they would have never done otherwise. For instance, the L.A. Teachers Union said, we're not going to go back to school and teach your kids and put them in classrooms until you pass Medicaid for all. What does that have to do with coronavirus? It doesn't. They tried to take away our guns. They tried to suppress us on social media. And the list goes on and on and on. And when government figures out that as a, with a crisis, they can bypass the normal constitutional process, guess what? The number of crises, they become unlimited because they have to solve a solution. Some of it's fiction. Some of it's real. But it doesn't actually solve the crisis. It just moves the Democrats' agenda forward. Look what they're trying to do on voting. They're trying to change how we vote. And it, it, it I think, costs an election. I really do. Well, I mean, you look at, for example, the Democrats never cared. The media never really cared about Russian interference because they ignored the dirty dossier. Uh, they didn't yeah. care about premeditated fraud on a FISA court. I bet they wouldn't feel the same way if it all came out that Republicans did this or deep state operatives did this to Hillary or Joe. Uh, they they cared about Ukraine and quid pro quos, but not Joe and zero experience Hunter. Hypocrisy is everywhere. Um, and now we have a snap impeachment on top of the earlier ridiculous impeachment. And, and one has to wonder, um, as now facts still emerging as to what actually happened and those people that might have been involved in a pre-planned attack against the Capitol, the organizers of this thing. Um, it's a little scary that this is, you know, this is the United States of America, but it is. I'm, and I'm not sure if the stated policies of Joe, along with big tech and the media protecting him every day. I mean, there's no telling what comes next. Yeah, I think the, the, the media is going to take their, go into hibernation, take their collective nap for the next four years. Social media will continue to bear down on conservatives and not allow a dissenting voice. Hey, you know, it's, it's kind of what I saw in 2009 when Joe Biden and Barack Obama came into place. One of the first things we dealt with, fast and furious. Biden and, and Obama, their administration put out 2,000 weapons, gave them to the drug cartels to see what would happen. Was that on the cover of Time magazine? No. But did they put Donald Trump Jr. on the cover of Time magazine for having this stupid 20-minute meeting that led to absolutely nothing? Yeah, they did. And and it's just disgusting. All right, Jason Chavitz, they never let a, a crisis uh, go to waste. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing it in book form. Thank you, sir. Thanks, John. All right, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, as we check in, Donovan is in Florida. Donovan, how are you? Hi, Mr. Hannity. Thank you for talking with me. Thank you. Um, I wanted to go. Thank you. I wanted to go straight to my point. I work for a company that lowers the cost of inmate calls to their families. The inmate pays for the calls, and we make them affordable. We just make them affordable and make them secure. So, since I'm the admin for Facebook and Instagram, what has happened is they started shadow blocking my ads. My ads are non-political. They are not connected to me in any way, shape, or form. They're ads that reaches this collective community. And because Facebook is word of mouth or Instagram is word of mouth, it affects our company and it's affecting the families. It, well, well, what is the their families. criticism? Why, why, would they, why would they attack you if you're, you're actually helping facilitate calls between family members with people that are incarcerated? Why would they do that? Ah, I have a personal page. I have a personal page and I'm sure it is my IP address. It's happened twice. It happened right before the election, and it's going on right now. So I only post 
political facts. And I get a lot from you. And I think you should bullet point them on your website every single day. You should tell us where to go for that source so we can bullet point them. No, I, 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 listen, we're in the process of, of preparing all of that. I, I mean, because I'm so not involved with our social media stuff, because it's not my wheelhouse, um, we, we've been apparently uh, all of these things have happened to all of our accounts including Facebook, I don't even think is allowing us to do anything right now because we would post videos of me on, on this show and, and I'm sorry, audio of me on the show and videos of me on TV. And they're stopping that from going out in full force. But, you know, the idea that, you know, all of a sudden you'd notice on Twitter that, you know, things that you would normally tweet out that would go everywhere, oh, only like five people are watching it. Um, oh, all I of these. No there's no reach for our company right now. And remember, you don't you don't get to target people who have a family incarcerated by a radio ad because they're all over the place. So we do social media, and there are community groups. There are social community groups that help these folks. And we give tips, and we help. Um, and that's where they find out that we can save the money. And there are a lot of scammy companies. We're not one. So well, I mean, I mean, I'm really worried about, for example, I don't want to be on Twitter anymore. I, and my recommendation of people on Twitter is once Parler gets up and running, I would hashtag Parler on every tweet for a while and promote promote Parler. Let's see how long that's going to last before they shut all of us down. And if oh, you mention their competition, but now now they've got to go through a painful process, and that is to build out a separate system which I, I, you know what, I can't even begin to fathom anything computer related. So my head hurts thinking about it. But there are smart people so, that can figure all these things out. I'm not one of them. I'm not technologically savvy. Well, the the, the really the awesome thing was so we, it really affects us. We have we don't have any likes, any reach, any shares, any nothing. Our phones don't ring, and people don't know about us. But two of the people who worked on Zip Files, and I'm sure Linda knows, although you're not tech savvy are trying right now to start that format. And, and Mr. O'Keefe is right. It takes lots of money and lots of teamwork, but they're working. I can't talk about it publicly who they are and all of that. I could privately, but not publicly. Um, they're working it's on really the format chilling. right now. I, you know, yeah. and I'm, I'm only saying maybe I, I think I've made a mistake, um, Donovan. You know, I should have been, because I never really wanted to talk about myself that much. I don't think anybody really cares in other words, you know, every every job, every business has challenges every day. And, and one of them that we deal with and have been dealing with forever is an effort to, to silence the show and to silence oh, yeah. my hour on Fox News because I'm independent. And and maybe I should have made people more aware of how bad it gets and how bad it's been. It's almost a daily occurrence for me to oh, survive awful. and thread the needle to stay on the air. And and I, I want to because I know that, you know, uh, you generously give me this platform. I, I try to be true every day to everything I believe in doing work nobody else seems to be doing. Well, uh, we listen to you. Our company listens to you. We support you. And we know that you speak the truth. That's where I get my, my facts from when I press it on my personal page. Unfortunately, it's affecting our company page. But I'm telling you that there, there is a group of people. Ask Linda about zip files. These men are geniuses. It takes money and it takes time. But they're trying to I do believe to that. Help. Yeah, they're trying to help. All right. I appreciate it. I hope you can get your business up and running, Donovan. If we can help, stay in touch with us, okay? Um, sounds like a noble know. business to me. I mean, you're facilitating family togetherness during a time of incarceration. Sounds like a compassionate business, affordable way. I, you know, 
I don't know the business. Sounds like a lovely person. Why would you stop that from being promoted? Um, to me, you know, you know how much stress and pressure. Just imagine for a second somebody incarcerated trying to stay in touch with their children and their family. How do you keep the family together while you're away? It's I'm sure it's it's already complicated enough. 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, Ami Horowitz at the bottom of the hour. 25 to the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Our friend, documentarian, the crazy Ami Horowitz. Well, his latest video hitting the streets of New York, asking New Yorkers how they feel about compromise and individual support. Now, they're all for it, unless they hear that the person they're compromising with is a Trump Republican. Listen. I'm Ami Horowitz, and I'm here in the East Village. Now the election is over, the Democrats have been pushing the message of togetherness and unity. But unity on whose terms? How important is it the value of toleration and accepting of other people? It's the most important thing. Extremely important. You know, this divisiveness in this country is uh, has become terrible. You know, be compassionate and understanding and right. be as supportive as you can. I think it's very important. Very important. Yeah, I think it's extremely important. Very important. I'll never understand fully why people spend all their time, you know, trying to hate on one group. It's very important. Um, it, it's, it's one of the most important things. I'm one of the most uh, tolerant people because I'm one of the most empathetic people. Do Republicans have any value at all? No, they're, they're delusional. I mean, they're literally delusional. They are really, really selfish human beings. Oh, I disgusting. mean, I think they're disgusting. Are they racist? Yeah. Misogynistic? A lot of misogyny. I think monstrous. Mindless. Or like Racist. Mind There's a lot of immorality in them. How important is the value of compromising to achieve unity? It's important. I mean, you do have to compromise. You do have to compromise. In, in unifying, should we compromise one another in order to understand? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, for example, like, they would give on, like, cafe standards. That sort of thing. You would give on, like, uh, fracking. Well, fracking is a touchy issue. Can you compromise on climate change? Absolutely not. There is no compromise. Can you see yourself compromising on climate change, for example? Oh, no. No. Can you compromise on universal health care? Um, no. I mean, ultimately, no. I don't believe so. Is there room to compromise on universal health care? I guess not, no. No. Other people, governments can do it, so I don't know. I'm just why we can't. There's so many issues that I feel like there is a very clear answer, and this is one of them. Income inequality. Should we yeah. compromise? No, I think we should have. We should just have equality. I can... On issues that are important to you, you really shouldn't come. Right, right. Yeah. Right. And issues that are right for, like, society and humanity. Okay, so yeah, maybe earlier I said compromising, but maybe now that you're making me see that, yeah. Do you, do you think that um, we can unify with Republicans? Like, is, is there a real way to do that? Uh, maybe in the far future. I don't think right now there is. Though. You don't see any way to unify Republicans? Yeah. Uh, no, not not to my knowledge. There you have it. Ami Horowitz, documentarian, talks to us uh, now. Well, they're all for compromise until you get to fracking, until you get to any conservative issue or uh, freedom of speech uh, for conservatives. No, they're racist. They're didn't one did one person say they're rapists? I'm like, oh, uh, oh uh, yeah, over and over again. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, it's kind of scary, but. 
but it's it shows there is no tolerance uh, by the left anymore. None whatsoever. They want to silence conservative voices. That's who they are. It now defines them. I mean, that's become so clear over the last few days, last week, the kicking off of parlor, off of cloud services, the, the you know, banning Trump, trying to trying to trying to prosecute uh, guys like Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz. Now, when they when the Democrats say unity, they mean obviously unity on their terms that that solely aligned with their ideals and their perspective. They have no interest in melding other people's uh, thoughts to try to come up with better solutions. The problem is, Sean, once you say tolerance is the ultimate value, then anyone who holds intolerant views are therefore terrible, and it's a self-defeating logic, right? In order to ensure tolerance that flourishes, you have to eliminate intolerance, right? It's actually Marxist thought. Um, no, they, they do not mean tolerance. And by the way, a little bit word to the wise. When somebody says, I'm the most tolerant and the most empathetic, they're generally not tolerant at all. And it was amazing when I actually gave them opportunities to say, okay, you want compromise, because they were saying how important it is for us to move forward to compromise. So I said, okay, let's come up with some ideas. And one woman goes, climate change. And great. The truth is, Sean, there's a ton of places we can compromise on, right? Tons of places. And when you know, I said, I, 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 there's, a, there's a story on Fox News. Actually, it's foxbusiness.com. And the headline is Harvard students seek to revoke Trump graduates' diplomas. Yep. Um, after what happened at the Capitol. And they're targeting Kaylee McEnany, Senator Ted Cruz, Representative Crenshaw. Now, last year, there was an effort to ban Trump administration officials from even speaking on campus. And now students at the ever-prestigious Harvard University are circulating a petition. It calls for revoking the degrees from Trump supporters and aides who went to Harvard. And the reason cited is that supporters of Donald Trump were involved in spreading disinformation and mistrust. And I'm like, okay, that's the entire media mob. That is big tech. That is every Democrat out there. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And the strangest thing, Ami, is I'm a conservative. And all my career, I've never supported a boycott, a firing, attempts to silence speech I don't like. Going back to Bill Maher's politically correct days and even earlier than that. Look, I'm not I wasn't smart enough to get into Harvard, but no doubt if I was and I, I attended there, I would have been on the list as well. No, they've tried to cancel me over and over again. Look, they obviously they try to cancel all of us. You know, you at the top of the list. They, this is the they are the most intolerant group we have ever seen. OK, and by the way, this is nothing new. Again, if you go back to the Soviet Union and Stalinism and their their entire business model was to silence and stifle people, right? This is not new among the left. The left, and, and the, ultimately the reason is, is this. They know that in the marketplace of ideas, they will lose. They have to shut us down because they will lose in this country if everybody has access to all of these ideas. You know, another major part of their inability to compromise is they have, the people on the left have no connection to anything on the right. They don't have friends who are on the right. If there's family on the right, they, they excise them from their, from their lives. They don't read, watch Fox News or watch your, or listen to your show. But we on the right have no choice. We have to watch NBC and CBS and the entertainment shows and, and we, the New York Times, because that's the mainstream media. So we have more understanding of their ideals and are truly more tolerant. But they don't, they don't because they have no access to our information whatsoever. 
You know, it, it's amazing. Now, I, you, you, are you still doing Stern Show? Uh, no, no, he has had, not had me on for a long time. Yeah, but you used to do it, but for years they wanted to silence him. You know, I grew up listening to controversial radio, him and Imus and talk radio, the pioneers. I mean, it, it was, you know, you know, it, it was firebrand talk radio in the day. And I grew up on it. I had an appetite of it. You know, today in this day and age of cancel culture, they just want to cancel everybody. And I think I made a mistake. I was telling my audience earlier today is that I maybe should have spent more time talking about all these different efforts to silence conservative voices it's the, it's the world I live in every single day, and it's it's so alien to me, and I've never understood it. If you don't like what somebody's saying, you don't have to listen to it. I mean, it's not really that complicated, Ami. You know, no, but the I, problem I, is, yeah, the the problem is is that because they've demonized us and spend these years demonizing us, what has happened is there. So if I'm if these guys are evil, if they're if they're all the things these people said in my video, then therefore we can't have these guys out there. We have to destroy them because they've made, they, they, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy because once they've demonized us and tell us how terrible we are, then the, the, the only logical reaction after that is we have to destroy them utterly because how could you deal and, and listen to anything which is evil? That's what they've done because they've demonized us. They have, they therefore have to try to completely silence us. That's why that is. That's why there's a shift. Now you also experienced the different events when you're just trying to be a news person. I mean, you, you've been the target yourself uh, because you're there and people associate you with, I don't know, maybe people have seen you on the TV show or, or heard you on this radio program, but you know, you've been a target, uh, an attack yourself just for asking questions. That's all asking questions. Yeah. Not, not yeah, both, 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 oh, well, on print and in media and physically attack for this stuff. Look, you know, it's so far, I was, I, my, in my Wikipedia page, in the first line, it says, Ami Horowitz, right-wing filmmaker. And if you look at Michael Moore's Wikipedia page, it says Michael Moore, American filmmaker. No word of leftist or any politics whatsoever in his Wikipedia page in that first paragraph. That's, I mean, that is what we're dealing with. They control all the levels of mainstream media. And I, I got, people have got to watch this entire video. It's on Hannity.com because it really emphasizes and highlights the fact these people, they will say the words like tolerance and unity and compromise, but those words have no meaning to them. It doesn't, they're just trite statements. So when you push them on that, say, well, where can we compromise? Because you and I do want to compromise. They're, they're nowhere to be found. They have no answers because in reality, they're hollow words. They don't want to compromise. They don't want unity. They want destruction. All right. We really appreciate you being with us. Uh, Ami Horowitz, that video that he took is on Hannity.com. Thank you, sir, for being with us. 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of the program. Sharon is in the great state of uh, California. Well, the People's Republic of California. What's going on, Sharon? How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for taking my call. First time caller. Thank you um, for joining us. I really wanted to talk about the council culture and the left and how it's destroying conservative business and, and people's lives. But this is the very tax base that's needed, especially with the Biden tax plans. Um, it just shows the idiocy of the left and their disdain for any opposition, no matter what the logic. It's just complete intolerance. And it's just shocking that they're destroying a tax base. And I'm not quite sure how they're going to sustain this um, much longer. It's, you know, I, I mean, a lot of this, 
you've experienced it out in California. It's it's almost mainstream in, in states like California, and New York. And it's, you know, the, look at Ami Horowitz's tape. It was taken in New York City. What do you expect? Um, there's such intolerance. Um, it's worrisome. It's concerning. You know, the halls of Congress now, you know, snap impeachment. They, they, they needed an investigation. We needed to figure out how this happened. Now, we did, now we're learning so much more that they had indications that there were organizers to this even before the day came and requests for the National Guard were denied. Uh, even as it was beginning to unfold, those requests denied. Uh, now the Washington Times and their report and other news reports from other outlets, even fake news, CNN, even the Washington Post about specific calls, specific threats. Washington Times saying that initial court documents, two suspects arriving on or before January 6th with explosives, uh, tactical gear, caches of weapons. Facebook come under, uh, comes under fire. They failed to remove, stop uh, the steel pages allegedly used by organizers weeks and even months ahead of the rally that, that they had a problem with. Washington Post, the FBI knew beforehand uh, for plans of a, quote, war at the Capitol. These are these are organizers now. And, you know, getting to the bottom of this is is pivotal because this is our country for crying out loud. You know, this to me is we have shown every enemy of the United States that a vulnerability that I it is frightening to me that this could happen in our capital and that we did nothing to prevent it and that they had early indications and requests for help and support, you know, were denied. How does that happen? It's shocking, and I, I'm saddened that the uh, impeachment went set through so quickly without any investigation. It, within a day, we had the information public, but it was known prior. Uh, it's very, very um, difficult times for our country, and I'm quite concerned. But I do well, want to good thank people you for all your efforts be. and thank everybody you. that speaks out and speaks up to um, do what we can to bring this to the forefront. There, There is no tolerance, and it's just idiocy on their part and and people need to look at that deeply oh thank you we appreciate it remember chuck schumer said you know don't mess with the intel community they're good or intelligence community they'll get you eight ways on sunday wow you know i experienced that firsthand President-elect's latest, latest yeah. unsolicited pronouncement on the intelligence community. This was his tweet just a little while ago tonight. You see the scare quotes there. The yeah. intelligence briefing yeah. on so-called Russian hacking was delayed until Friday. Perhaps more time needed to build a case. Very strange. But he's he's taking these shots, this antagonism, yep. this taunting to the intelligence Let me tell community. You, you take on the intelligence community. They have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. Don't dare expose the deep state. Is that why I have 302s on me? That's why I had personal text messages with Paul Manafort released. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Let not your heart be troubled. Hope you set your DVR. Hannity, big show tonight, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. Now even the mob, the media, realizing, oh, investigators are now pursuing signs the Capitol riot was planned. Even fake news, CNN has that headline. Okay. Anyway, we'll get to the bottom of it. Also, the release of this trove of FBI memos, 9 Eastern, set your DVR, Hannity, Fox News. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday.